You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk back program. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Well, other than what the media reports about the personal beliefs of Tom Cruise and John Travolta, there seems to be very little known amongst many about Scientology today. And much has been written about its founder, L. Ron Hubbard. But how much do we really know about this fairly recent phenomenon? And for many of you who have listened to the show over the last, well, we're into our fifth season now, so a number of years, you know my take on this. Um, I, I, don't shy away, I don't shy away from this stuff. I would rather hear from a Scientologist about what Scientologists believe than to read some Jesus person write about Scientology. You know what I'm saying? It just, I don't know. Something about that just makes my head turn to one side. So joining us for the next 45 minutes is the president of Canada's Church of Scientology, Yvette Shank. Thank you very much for joining us today. Good to, good to have you. Thank you for having me. You've done a lot of this stuff, though, haven't you? I mean, I saw you uh, with Strombo there on, yes. uh, on uh, the hour. <laughs> That's correct. He's a lot shorter than I am, though. I know, and the chairs he has are very big. Are they? Yep. I couldn't. I wasn't touching the floor. Oh no! Your feet were doing was, the yeah. the dangly thing, and I couldn't even sit back. So it was like, <laughs> I'm going. Okay, these chairs are made for giants, not average sized people yeah. like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's a strategy behind that. I think so. Make everybody look a little smaller so Strombo <laughs> doesn't look like a midget. Would that so, be? I don't know. I don't know. Also uh, joining uh, Yvette is uh, uh, Tim Busick. Tim, I appreciate you being here as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's very. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Is this the first time that you've gone, gone on maybe a Christian show and, and talked about Scientology? Yeah, probably has. it is. Eh? Although I have a lot of Christian friends, I have a lot of Buddhist friends, I have a lot of Muslim friends, so I appreciate every one of them. Good. You know, we were talking just before we went on air, about. I asked you about the South Park episode where right. they talked about Scientology, because I, I just saw that clip. I know. And I and I watched it, and I, I said, what do you, what, how does that affect you? What do you think about that? And you you... You went off. Because <laughs> it's a bit denigrating, isn't it? It's totally denigrating, and I think it's so impolite and bad manners to do something like that to somebody's religion. You would never do that to a Jewish person, never. Hmm. Nor would you do it to the blacks today. So don't do it to us either. Right. We're people that are honest. We like to help. We are, um, you know, we're out in the community. We do what we can. We do our part to make this a better place. So to denigrate... That our religion, in the way they have done it, is unacceptable. Yeah, well, South Park's never really been known for class. No, <laughs> so. it's not. <laughs> All right, uh, you know how? I, there's two things I want to start off with this this whole conversation here. Um, first of all, I want to explain to you what what my thoughts are about uh, uh, following Christ, mm-hmm. and then see how that parallels with whatever, or, or there's differences or whatever. We we'll just talk about this, those kind of comparisons. Um, and I also want to just let you know, and I, because I, I, it's my job to ask the questions that I think I think other people are asking. Yeah. So that means I'm going to ask you some some 
what you might think. Jeez, are we really going to get asked that question? Do we really have to talk? Well, yeah, I, th- I think for this forum, we, we probably do, because if it's commonly thought or spoken about out there, we do need to bring it up. And that's unfortunate for you guys, because I watched that Strombo interview. It was about uh, the, the, the mothers not being able to, to scream or yell or they have to be quiet during birth. And you, you sort of said, oh, phooey, that's, that's not even real. That's right. I'm a mother. I've had three children. And so help me, if somebody had said I couldn't say anything or scream when I'm in the middle of the pain, the the point is, is for a mother to have the peace and quiet to get the job done, mm. not have everybody around her screaming or making comments or whatever, because we firmly believe that the child is registering all of this, and so is the mother. Mm. So let the birth take place in peace and quiet. If the mother is um, having to scream and moan, and I did that, and uh, I was told not to, that would be, that's silly. So you, that, wouldn't, you would never get in trouble if the big boss found out you screamed during labor? Absolutely right. not. Okay. That would be ludicrous. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, to the rest of us, we kind of went, you know, our heads went to one side. And went, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just media hype. Okay. Let me, let me talk to you about what, what my belief structure is, and then I'll shut up about that for, <laughs> for the rest of it. Um, I believe that there's a creator... Because I look at the world around us and I see design, and to me it's just so obvious that there is a creator. And um, but I also, uh, in, in, in searching through what belief system I'm, I'm going to buy into, um, I, I, I bought into the Jesus thing because for a couple of main reasons. Um, it, it's incredibly simple the path to God uh, through Christ. And the humans have made it very complicated, but it's so simple that the dumb people can get it. The hockey players and rodeo guys that I used to hang out with can can follow Christ. I've said that way too many times. I know I'm going to get in trouble for that stuff. <laughs> but here here's the deal. I believe that that uh, you know here's God on one side and here's us, and God is pure, perfect, and holy, and we're not. And, but God wants to relationship with us. That's why He created us. Uh, but yet, because He's pure, perfect, and holy. Um, he he can't create he can't have this relationship with us because you can't have anything to do with something that's not pure perfect and holy if you're pure, pure perfect and holy. But yet he wanted to relate relationship with us, and so he created a a, a payment for this. Because uh, a, a he in the Bible it says okay the penalty of sin is death, and yet he doesn't want us to die. So here comes Jesus. He shows us how to live, and then he dies sacrificially so that we can all have this restored relationship with the Creator of the universe. And really, in order to get to heaven, how, again, from my point of view, according to the Bible, how, how does one get to heaven? Well, if you're going to be with God in heaven, who is pure, perfect, and holy, you also have to be pure, perfect, and holy to get into heaven. That means we're all screwed. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> and uh, and therefore, um, there needs to be that punishment. And, of course, because Christ, there needs to be that sacrifice. Christ's blood was spilt. Uh, then God now sees us through Christ-tinted glasses and, and, uh, and sees us as pure, perfect, and holy. For those of us who have said, you know what, yeah, I do need, uh, I have screwed up. I'm not pure, perfect, and holy. I realize there's been a sacrificial offering here in order to restore that relationship. Um, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. There's the three-letter word, and, and ask you to be Lord of my life, and therefore, bang, you're, you're, you're into heaven. Will you be pure, perfect, and holy on this planet from now on? No. Um, but there is a restoration and a process of grace and forgiveness, et cetera, et cetera. That's pretty much it. That's Christianity 101 from my point of view. I don't give a holy grunt about denominations. I don't give a holy grunt about being in the choir or, for that matter, um, uh, you know, regular church attendance. Matter of fact, I've been chastised a little bit for those kind of beliefs. <laughs> but that's that's kind of where we're at. So so let me start off with some some questions, if you don't mind. Absolutely. 
Just first of all, I just want to tell you, I don't disagree with Christ, his teachings, anything like that. Right. And absolutely, there is an author to this universe. You see design as well, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. There is an author to the universe. Right. All right. Um, What is the reason, let's personalize it. What is the reason that you got into Scientology in the first place? Were you born into it through family like many Christians are, or did you come about it later in life? I came about it later in life. I was having difficulties with my marriage, and I was looking for answers. I wanted more to life than what I saw, and I wanted answers. I was raised a Catholic, so I appreciate my upbringing as a Catholic. It's given me a lot of bases to go by. It's given me a, a val- like values, which I, will, I still follow. Uh, my priest friend, whom I talk to many times, would help me in his own way and... Uh, he, I used to tell him he thinks Scientologically, <laughs> and uh, we would have great conversations, and he would say to me, truth is truth no matter where you find it. And he was very much a Scientologist himself in his way of thinking. He was well-read. He believed in studying knowledge, studying wisdom, and trying to help his fellow man as best he could. Hmm. So... Okay. So as far as the time you initially sort of decided to follow uh, the Scientology ways, can you take us just through that a little bit? Sure. I've been in Scientology since 1968, and I enjoyed what I learned. I enjoyed the people that were there. It made sense to me. It answered questions like, who are you really? Where do you come from? I got to know that, but it's, a no, it's something that I found out, I discovered myself through the application of Scientology, through the drills that we do, uh, the, uh, we call it auditing or counseling, if you, if you wish, where I would get rid of some of the barriers that I had to myself and to being who I thought I wanted to be. You know, you have people have various quirks. They have things that they do that they regret. Uh, They have problems. They're not dealing with life the way they feel they should be able to. Well, I learned how to deal with life, and I was able to be a better mother, a better wife, a better Catholic, a better person all the way around. And uh, I was calming down. I was... uh, So let me just interrupt. So you're saying, because I think I just heard you say, when you became a Scientologist, is that the right phraseology? Yeah. Okay. I'm not good with that. It's okay. Okay. Uh, When you became a Scientologist, that helped you be a better Catholic. I think I just heard you say that. Right. I understood Catholicism much better. And that's why I could have great conversations with Father Tom Croach, who was my... One of my best friends, and uh, and I used to tell him he thinks Scientologically, right, you know, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because there's a lot of truth, you know, if you care to look, and if you care to apply yourself to it. Um, was uh, can you take us to any sort of supernatural events in your life? Would you say there have been, or there haven't been any? We just talked about Mother Teresa going for years with no real uh, divine encounters with God. She felt almost alone uh, for for much of her of her life, and a lot of people are going, "Wow, that's amazing!" You know, and and yet here she was; she never quit it. We uh, compare it to uh, a spouse being married, and the other spouse uh, has an accident, goes into a coma, and you're not able to receive that love back. But yet they remain faithful and married. Mm-hmm. And I just go, "Wow." Oh, that's just incredible. Um, so not everybody has huge supernatural experiences. But have you, Yvette, have you ever had some kind of you know mystical deal go down? Or Well, I've had a lot of realizations about life, about myself. 
about what I want to do, where I want to go. And I think one of the things that really helped me was when I discovered that I was a spiritual being. I wasn't, I have a body, I have a mind, but I am a spiritual being. That part of you does not die. Your body dies and you as a spiritual being and your memories do not die. And that's when I, I would say I became a Scientologist because I thought, okay, I can think with that and I can help others be better because now I can help them have their own realizations about themselves and about life. And I got rid of a lot of stuff that uh, held me back, that I didn't like about myself, things that, you know, even psychosomatic illnesses I got rid of, you know. So when you experience these things, it makes a lot of sense and you can apply it to your life. And I like helping people. I have to tell you, people live to help others. And that is the best thing I can say about mankind as a whole. Even the worst, worst, underlying all of that. He, well, it's hard to find at times, but that's there. Well, and, and that certainly lines up with, um, with, with following Christ, because I think there's a whole lot of uh, scriptures that talk about things like, you know, until you kind of die to self, uh, not until then can you really experience what, what God is all about. And there's a certain bit of, there's quite a lot of, of uh, it's not about you theology in the Bible, which is interesting because when you look at the church, especially in North America, the Christian church, the evangelical church, you kind of go, really? It's not about you? Huh, that's interesting. All right. So so you're living in a multi-million dollar house and driving your high-end cars and, you you know, never mind. Okay, I'll back off. And <laughs> Um, yeah, we won't go there. No, no, no. Let's not go there. <laughs> How do you concisely describe Scientology? Planes going down. You got three minutes to tell the person next to you about Scientology. What do you say? I tell them Scientology is a study of knowledge. It's a study of truths, and nothing is true for you unless you've observed it to be so. Your personal integrity is more important there in your immediate life. Once you lose your personal integrity, you've lost everything, and before you can help others or you have to also help yourself first, then start helping others. But realize you are basically good in nature or you would never feel bad when you did something bad. You wouldn't. If you weren't basically good, you wouldn't you would feel glad when you committed an evil against somebody. But you don't. You actually punish yourself quite a bit more than anybody else would. So realize you're basically good. You want to help others. You have had losses in helping others, failures, and you want to, and if you could do something about that, you would. If you could improve that, you would. Okay. To, to pull that apart a little more, I would, I would sort of say to you, well, um, what I, just, I think what I just heard you say that was that um, if you buy into the Scientology stuff, then it is substantially going to improve your life. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, correct? That's correct. Is that a decent summarization of things? When you have an understanding of life, when you understand who you are, where you come from, what your basic goals and purposes are, and you have tools to improve yourself and those around you, make a difference. Yeah. Okay. In the in the scenario that I painted there with the uh, the plane going down, you got three minutes to down. That's not going to help the person in three minutes. You know what I mean? Like what you said makes total sense. I get that. And if they survive the plane crash, we're good to go. We can apply that in life. But if they're going to cark it in three minutes, 
You know what I mean? How, you know, for example, the Jesus person might say, well, there is a God, there is a Father God that, that loves you and wants you to be part of, of his kingdom. He wants you to be in a restored relationship with, with the Creator. Have you ever thought, yeah, I've, yeah there is, well, we're about to die. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking there's that God mechanism that kicks in when you're about to die. So, yeah, well, um, you know what? Uh, in order to be with God, you've got to be perfect. You're obviously not perfect. Let's ask for forgiveness for all your stuff and, and believe that Jesus paid the penalty for that. Let's do it. You've got a minute and 30 left, and the guy dies. He's gone into heaven. That's the scenario with the, with the Christian uh, stuff. Right. But in, in Scientology, it, it, what's the afterlife deal? What do they I look forward to when they die? Okay. Yeah. First of all, you do not die. Your okay. body dies. You, as a spiritual being, that which is you, does not die. You and your memories go on to the next life. So is this a re- or are we just flat out talking about reincarnation? You discover for yourself you've lived before. Okay. And it's, um, I mean, if you care to look at some, a lot of the teachings of the ancient teachers, that is definitely a, a, not a belief, but something that, see, in Scientology, it's not a belief. It's something you discover for yourself. Uh, when you apply the techniques of Scientology and Dianetics, you discover things for yourself. It becomes something that is real to you and that you understand. I mean, I've uncovered my past lives. Um, I understand myself better because of that. And uh, I know that I do not die. My body dies. It gets buried or whatever you want to do with it. Mm. Is cremation okay, just as an aside? Cremation is okay. I grew up in the funeral business. I think this way. So. Okay. No, <laughs> cremation, I would want to be cremated right. just, you know, yeah. to take less space on this planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, people that get cremated, though, it really burns me up. Does it? Anyway. <laughs> um well, let's let's talk about uh, the the reincarnational aspect of things. What is the purpose of being reincarnated again and again and again? If you never die and you're always reincarnated, in other world religions there is a caste system. So now you're you're eventually trying to progress. Every time you get reincarnated, you're trying to get to a higher level. Is that similar to a Scientology belief? Well, I think when you get rid of those things that stop you from being yourself, when you get to understand. Uh, yourself better and you like yourself better, you're automatically going to get to a higher level. You automatically do. You don't have to wait to die to get to a higher level. But if you have another chance to go through life again, that gives you another opportunity to get to higher level. So I guess I need definition of what higher level is. Okay. More awareness, uh, more uh, an honest, decent. The things that you think you should be, you are more of when you apply Scientology to Right. You. So the things that you think you should be, and or are you developing uh, your own parameters as far as whatever you think is good? You develop, um, yeah. You know, because you're basically good. You want to help. You want to do the right things. You want to be the best person you can be. See, I, that's a part I don't get. I, I, I spend a lot of time looking into the um, the abyss of my soul, <laughs> and uh, it's just a weird way of saying it, but. I, I recognize, uh, well, I can relate to these scriptures a little better. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah uh, 17 says that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? I look at, at um, the scripture that says, where God says, my people actually prefer the darkness over the light. So in other words, what, what I'm getting out of, out of uh, the sacred scriptures uh, is, uh, who's kidding who? Uh, when push comes to shove, we actually like to do evil. We actually like to be bad, you know. And when I when I face myself in the mirror in, in all of my nakedness, <laughs> I just had a bad visual there. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of go, man, yeah, I 
I got to admit, and people say, oh, you Christians, you use it. it's a crutch. Well, I, I've tried to do the good thing on my own, and I've sucked at it so bad. And when I'm honest with myself, I don't see the the thing that we're basically good, like you had said earlier, Yvette. I, I go, ooh, I'm, okay. a, I'm a jerk. Well, do you feel good when you do something that's jerky? Do you feel good about it? I mean, you feel really good. You go, oh, yeah, I did that. Woo, good. Well, n- no, not these you days. You feel guilty. Yeah, I feel guilty. And, and, of course, from the Christian point of view, that, that would be described as, well, that would be the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So God's spirit inside of you going, yeah, not a good idea. Exactly. Well, that's good. But but prior to that, and even even today, I still battle with that. I remember one time, uh, I'm, I'm divulging a little too much information here. One <laughs> we, time, one we ti- can give you a very good confessional. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, now I got another story coming into my head. Uh, hold on, I'll do this one first. One time, I was I just finished doing something very bad and sinful, which I can't go get into because I'm a public uh, person here, and it's just not classy. Um, and and I, and I came away from. Usually, I feel guilty with that kind of stuff. I had no guilt, and it scared me to death. It really did. I was like, "Whoa, where is the guilt?" So that's the first story. The second thing is that confessional thing you just heard or you just said. One of the coolest things I ever heard of was a group of uh, Christian college students going to a big fair, a big uh, uh, fair, and they set up a confessional, right? Fantastic. So we come all these uh, all these people into the confessional to to confess, and they said, "Hold on." On the other side, they would say, "Hold on, before you start it, we don't want you to confess. What we want to do is we want to confess to you what kind of poor examples we've been, and we want to apologize for the history of Christianity for the last number of hundred years and, and the atrocities done in the name of Jesus." We're confessing to you. And I thought, whoa, that was so good. <laughs> anyway, you can see how I chase a few rabbits in this show. We are in the studio. <laughs> i got to get back on track. <laughs> we are in the studio with uh, Reverend Yvette Shank, who is the president of Canada's Church of Scientology. And the um, Everybody brings up the, the celebrity factor, probably, right? Right. Uh, the Tom Cruise, the the, uh, the incident with Oprah and the Brooke Shields thing. And he was mad at Brooke Shields for taking antidepressants after she had delivered a child because right. she had post-giving uh, birth depression, whatever it's called. How did that, how, how did you guys, once you you saw that and heard that, I mean, we have our own perspective, but how did you respond to all that? I, lo- I-, I love Tom Cruise. Um, Tom Cruise is very um, passionate about drugging, using drugs that will harm a baby, uh, drugging our children the way it's being done today. I mean, we got to get back to teaching in schools, and rather than labeling and drugging. So, but but that particular issue had more to do with depression, right? Which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Scientology says there is no such thing as depression. No, there is depression, but there are alternatives to drugs. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's all Tom is saying. Check it out. Check the side effects of these drugs. The side effects are scary. But if there is a genuine biochemical um, problem, then does the does the pharmacy, uh, the pharmaceutical aspect of fixing it, is that a, can we still do that as a Scientologist or no? There's no proof that there's a quote-unquote biological whatever. Right. And it's not, no, drugs, are, it's not the answer. Drugs cover up the problem. Right. Why don't you sit the person down? I mean, I did this with my daughter-in-law, whom I love desperately. I mean, I love her. And she was connected to someone, to a friend, who was always speaking ill, bad, everything is bad, nothing is good, and she'd talk about their friends, and it was never positive. And uh, my daughter-in-law was getting depressed, she told me. So I just had her look at who is she talking to when she's feeling down. It was always the same person. 
So I said, well, it's time to let go. Don't associate with that person. And she told me just recently, they all live in Alberta, by the way, my family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she says, Mom, I haven't been depressed since I've just let her go and right. I have nothing to do with her. Right. So we would look for stuff like that. We yeah. also, you know, we also send people to a nutritionist, a biochemist, a, a doctor, a medical doctor who is competent to find what's the underlying cause because there are physical causes but not if you if you understand that the mind is not the brain then how can quote unquote these chemical imbalances in this brain that isn't the mind right. do anything right okay um if, folks, I want to let you know that in, in a few minutes, we're going to open up the phone lines. If you want to call and, and, uh, and talk to Yvette Shank, who, again, is the president of Canada's Church of Scientology, if you have questions for her, if you want to call in and preach and tell them all about uh, where they're wrong and how Jesus is the only way, your calls are not welcome, actually. Okay? You can just write them a letter if you'd like to do that. But not on my show, not on my time. If you have questions that you would like to ask to clear up what Scientologists believe or don't believe, or you've heard this or you've heard that, or you have, now this is genuine. I'm not trying to be wimpy about this and say there can't be any possible uh, confrontation. That's probably not a, a good word, but you might go, you know what, I, th this is a problem I have with Scientology. Can you please explain this to me? If you come in with the right attitude, you're more than welcome. More than welcome to uh, to you know get down and dirty with the details. Not a problem at all. Okay. The number is nine zero five three three eight twelve fifty. The phone lines are not open right now, but they will be open very soon. Nine zero five three three eight twelve fifty. And your opportunity to speak with the the uh, president of Canada's Church of Scientology, Reverend Yvette Shank. Do people have to pay to get into Scientology? No. Some people just come in. They do Sunday service. That's at no cost. Uh, if they need, we give assists. These are um, something that we do to help someone who is in trouble uh, physically, mentally, or spiritually. Uh, you can get a volunteer minister to come to your assistance if you need it. It's not about money. It's about helping. But, but there is there is um, uh, tapes and uh, and um, um, uh, tests that are done. Can you help me understand the tests that are done? You go in and, and the only reason you would do it, it's called a personality test. Right. To see it's, if you have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should um, use that everybody in the has, Everybody has a personality <laughs> test. I mean, a personality. It might just depends on yeah. you know some of them. It's good, bad, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. ugly. It just shows us where it helps us see where, and that person too understand where they are where they're starting from, and then they watch their own improvement because you do a test after courses, after um, our counseling, and you watch the improvement. You see it for yourself. Okay, let's. Let, I want to really practicalize this. I never know if that's a real world word. I'm walking down Young Street, mm -hmm. and I see the big the Scientology reading room there. Right. Uh, is that what it's called, the reading room? Or no, it's called something no. else. What's it called? It's called our bookstore. Bookstore. Yeah. Right. Bing. Yeah, it was a tough word. I knew there it was you go. many <laughs> syllables. I, and I go, you know what? I, I've always heard about the Tom Cruise, uh, John Travolta, you know, uh, uh, Christy Alley, I think is in. in um, mm -hmm. You know what? I, I'm, I'm curious. And I walk in. What's going to be my experience? Well, you can take a personality test if you want. How much? It doesn't cost. Oh, you give them for free. Yeah. Okay. There are films you can watch. That's free. Okay. Uh, because we don't, we want you to decide whether this is something you want to follow or not. So if you don't know what it's about, if we can't give you some idea of what it's about, uh, you can't make a proper decision. So you're basically told what it's about, and that doesn't cost you anything. If you want to do a course, it can be anywhere from $50 to 
a hundred dollars and like any other religion it's we use that money in order to support the the building the people that work there and that's all it's not any okay well let's let's talk about um, uh, two things here the the I've heard people say uh, well it's not a religion you can't call it a religion and I understand if I've done my research right that that that's fairly offensive to you when people say that absolutely right. the person the people who say that don't really understand what religion is when you're dealing with spiritual the spiritual nature of mankind you are a religion there is no other term for it I you can't be described as anything else I've never seen Scientology to be anything else okay um, the next one that comes out of this, uh, by the way, I'm, I know I'm just barraging you with these questions. I so, so appreciate this dialogue. It's, no, it's very helpful for <laughs> totally me. Totally fine. So th- thank you. And I'm just showing my ignorance in so many ways. And I didn't want to do a whole lot of research because I didn't want to come in with, you know what I mean, with just being slanted by the by the goofy stuff that's out there. Like, well, I was already slanted enough by South Park, so <laughs> I'll leave it there. Um, it is fairly recent. Is uh, 1930s or 40s? Is that when it start, sort of started with L. Ron Hubbard? Well, what was the date, roughly? Well, it, the church itself was started in 1954, wasn't it? Okay, all right. But that because Ron realized that what he's dealing with is you, a spiritual being that has a mind, that has a body, but you're the one that decides, you're the one that uses the mind, your memories, and so on to operate in life. Right. When he discovered that, we were in the realm of religion. And I'm just going to read something here that... Um, so to make it very clear, please. Scientology is formed in the tradition of 10,000 years of religious philosophy and considers itself a culmination of the searches which began with the Veda, the Tao, Buddhism, Christianity, and other religions. Scientology is agnostic faith in that it knows it knows. This is distinguishing this is its distinguishing characteristic from most of its predecessors. Scientology can demonstrate that it can attain the goals set for man by all religions, which are wisdom, good health, and immortality. That was a very interesting quote. Agnostic faith, in other words, it knows that it knows. Right. That was a real head spinner, that one. (laughs) Still processing that. Okay. All right. I like to ask people, uh, what happens when someone decides they want to leave? Because there's been lots reported on with Jehovah's Witnesses. I've had a few people ex-Jehovah's Witnesses on the show. Uh, and I all, I'm a little leery about somebody who's come out of something getting their take on things because I know it's automatically going to have a slant and a bias. And so I get that. I mean, I'm not an idiot. But I, I have heard, and I, and I must admit this, countless reports of people having a very, very hard time getting out of Scientology. In other words, there is a disassociation thing that goes on. How would you respond to that, Yvette? I think it would depend on how they got out of Scientology, if they're like being a complete jerk and uh, and um, attacking us. and We don't care. If somebody wants to leave, Not let a them leave. But what if they want to speak out against it? Because you, you, you you're, know, you're known for lawsuits. You guys really are. No, we're I not. couldn't. Oh, I saw. I saw so much. Uh, the little bit of information I looked at, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of stuff of Yvette where it was just it, like, whoa! Like people are nervous around the the Scientologists because of people people who who I know who have said, oh, you're going to have them on the show. You got to mind your p's and q's, buddy, or you're going to get smoked. All hype. You don't have to worry about it. It's all hype. It's media hype. It's it's been distorted. 
But I saw we, your name on some affidavits online. Okay. Something happened out west. Yeah. Correct? That's fine. We use the law. We don't take the law into our own hands. Right. If something happens that is really unlawful, then yeah, use the law. But you don't use the law ridiculously. Right. You know? If somebody wants to leave Scientology, I mean, I know one person who is a relative of mine who got what he wanted out of Scientology, and he's not come back. Um, we're the best of friends. But he didn't do it and be a jerk about it. Hmm. He said, it helped me. I'm glad I went there. I just don't want to do any more courses. I'm quite happy with life as it is. And I go, good luck. And uh, we're still good friends. I've had others who, I don't know, for whatever reason, you get you get people that do things that are not okay uh, against their friends, against their against Scientology, against the group. So they have to justify what they've done, and sometimes want to be noisy about it. Well, okay, hmm. if you want to leave, by all means, go. We don't want to keep somebody who doesn't want to be there. That would be silly on our part. Can, can you um, help me understand, and I, I don't think I have the terminology right here, but is there a rehabilitation place uh, in California that people will go to to kind of get back on track again? Can you explain that to me? There is a, rehabilit- a rehabilitation place, but that's only for those of us who have dedicated our lives to uh, Scientology. What, what's it called? The R something F or the R? Yeah. R, R, R what, what is RPF. It? RPF. Rehabilitation Project Force. Okay. Yep. I've had friends who've gone through that and love it. And, and again, there have been people who've gone through it and, and are now talking about it publicly, saying, "Ugh, uh, you know." I, for example, I know someone who knows someone, and that's it. there's a bit of the. Well, you just got to be careful of that third party. Yeah. But it's not that distant. I do know someone who knows someone who who was at the the RPF. Sorry, is that what mm-hmm. it's called? RPF. Who just tells of yeah, being held against their will, mm-hmm. having to stay there. So what do you do with those with those claims? <sighs> Scientology is composed of people. I'm not saying we are perfect. Right. I'm saying we are doing the best thing we possibly can. And uh, if he was kept there against his will, I don't. I would not condone that. I would want to help him. And if he has a valid uh, complaint, he should come and see me. Hmm. I will help him or her. Sure. Because that's not what we're all about. That is not what Ron Hubbard teaches. Um, speaking of what Ron Hubbard teaches, t- can you tell me about, is it Xenu? Did um, I pronounce it right? Yeah. What, what is the story behind that? That's, again, uh, hyped. It's, again, taken out of context, and it's not. But what it's, it, I don't even know what it is, though. I, okay, is there someone named Xenu? Is there no. an entity or something? You don't, Ron, that's L. Been, L. Ron Hubbard doesn't talk about Xenu at all? That's been completely misduplicated, misunderstood. Right. And it's completely taken out of context. And I've never read that. So there you go. So, But but, but we weren't, like, I wasn't the one that made up or, you know, came up with the, the, the name Xenu. It, right. it came from Scientology. So where, mm-hmm. where what is the history of it, though? I don't know. I don't have the history of that. Just that it's somebody has said that that exists. Okay. Okay. Got it. I don't think, I think there are um, many planets. Planet Earth is not the only planet. Right. Um, I think it would be silly to think that this is it, planet Earth, nothing else. But uh, as far as Xenu, well, okay. If somebody wants to forward that as what this is Scientology, it's not what Scientology is. No, 
Okay. No. All right. F- fair enough. I, I don't know enough to do the dance with you on it, so I just I have to bring it up. because No problem. The Xenu thing was there, all right? Okay. Um, we are in the studio with Reverend Yvette Shank, who is the president of Canada's Church of Scientology. Thetan, there's another word that came out. What, what is a Thetan? That's you, better known as you, the uh, spiritual, n- that which gives life. It's you. Now, I didn't say Satan, not S-A-T-A-N. No. It's T-H-A-T-A-N, yeah. right? Thetan. The, that's right. The word itself means that which gives life. So are you a Thetan? I'm a Thetan with a body and a mind. And I operate in life with a body and mind. But it's you. It's the soul. It's the spirit, whatever you want to call it. We call it Thetan. Isn't it just, isn't that what a human is? What's the difference between a human and a Thetan? <laughs> Well, when you have a body and a mind, you're a Thetan, a spirit that has that. You are a human. So how come you didn't use Three the Three parts of man. Well, why didn't you stay with human? Where okay. did Thetan come from? Because we use Thetan rather than spirit or soul. Um, we didn't want to get it confused. Because with soul and spirit, there are different beliefs attached to it. Right. So in Scientology, we use the word Thetan, which means that which gives life. Okay. Better known as you. Got it. I am Satan. It's so hard. Every time I hear that, I think of like someone with a hair lip calling me Satan. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, okay, 905-338-1250. We'll take a, a caller. Hi, who's this? Hi, Drew. It's Iceland. Hello, how are you? I'm all right. I'd like to introduce you to uh, Reverend Yvette Shank. Yes, I heard. Hello. I just got a few questions for you, Reverend. Go ahead. Um, who do you pray to? That's good. good fair enough. Yeah, who do you yeah, pray to? Yeah, that's a fair enough question. I pray, we pray. We have, I suppose, to the author of the universe. That's, then that encompasses all denominations instead of we don't have a dogma about God, but there's definitely a creator, and we pray that all come to realize the uh, creator, the author of this universe. So it was in a similar way to, say, Mormonism, uh, are, are humans able to progress to godhood status at yeah. all and be a creator <laughs> themselves? I think you want to progress towards being the best person you can. Uh, like what's the ultimate, ultimate level, though? Is there an ultimate level? I don't know that there's an ultimate level. I think you can improve a lot. Right. And your ultimate level may be different than my ultimate level. But, uh, yeah, you progress to being a good a better person. Okay, next question. But the human the human himself cannot progress to better level because we are nothing before God. And how are we going to progress in ourselves? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ, as far as I'm concerned, was a great teacher. And if we live by his teachings, I think we live a better life. Yeah? We don't get into dogma or beliefs. That's something that is very personal for each one who comes into Scientology. I heard you talking about um, the three, what is it, three spirits? Did you say three spirits? No. What is it, what the about? three parts of man you're, you're talking about, that's you, the, that, that's the body, the mind, your memories, in other words, and you as a soul or spirit in Scientology, we call it Thetan, Thetan, T-H-E-T-A-N, okay. that means that which gives life or the spiritual nature of man. All right. Any other questions for? Her? Oh, there are so much questions, Drew. I'll, I'll I'll just ask her one more. Okay. Do real you quick. guys sing? Do they what? Sings in church. We do, and as a matter of fact, we invite other choirs of other religions. I've invited ministers of other religions to come and give a sermon, because our, my whole idea or my my what I want as a 
minister of this church is for a greater understanding and harmony amongst the religious faiths. All right. Well, I appreciate your questions. Okay, Thanks for darling. calling in. Have yeah. a good day, too. B- Bye-bye. Uh, 905-338-1250. Again, in the studio with Reverend Yvette Shank, who is the president of Canada's Church of Scientology. Your chance to ask her any question you'd like about Scientology. Hi, who's this? Hi, Tom. Tom, uh, this is uh, Yvette Shank. Go ahead. Hi, I just wanted to know uh, what your basis for truth is in Scientology. Well... Is there, is there, sorry, is there any truth, like absolute truths? You had mentioned truth earlier, and I, can't, yeah. I, I was gonna, I, there was something what tweaked is, in my head. Yeah, what oh, is? Sorry, I, I just I just got caught in the show maybe twenty minutes ago. Okay, maybe okay. I missed that. Go no, ahead. no, go ahead. Okay, I did say something about your own personal integrity and what you observe to be true is true for you to the right. degree you observe that, and we do not get into a dogma or forcing somebody to believe in something or other. It's not that. Scientology right. gives you tools to better understand yourself, to better understand life, and to help others, because you live to help others. So we're talking about moral relativity and a sort of a subjective aspect of truth. Is that what, right. you, what you're talking about? Yeah, and you're going to, you know... I mean, you know where the Jesus people are going with this. When you probably had enough conversations, they're going to say, well, uh, Christ came and actually said that he was truth and that there is such a thing as absolute truth, and, and believing in something doesn't make it true. If it's true, you believe in it. So how does all that stuff jive with Scientology? Well, uh, from my own experience, yeah. I've experienced things that I know to be true. I just it, It's something that you know. So it is you not know in an absolute way? That it's true, but is it a feeling that you get? Because I may have a feeling of something that is true, right. and you may have the complete op- opposite feeling of something that is true. Yeah, the, How do we substantiate that? The extreme example usually given in this sort of a scenario is that for a child molester, pedophilia is true. And right. does is that is that is that okay then? Just because they feel it's true, just because they feel it's okay, you know what I mean? That's that's where people kind of go in that, in that argument. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, uh, because we know that people are basically good underneath all of that. And I've met some pretty rotten people I have in my travels. And they are seeking to stop themselves in some way. Pedophiles, my God, I don't... (laughs) They need to be put away for the safety of you, myself, our children. But is there not not good in them, though? But there has to be a rehabilitation. the, what, what is good? That's what I... Like yeah, so who, whose definition of good? I mean, Hitler had a definition of good. Yeah, Charles right. Manson he, has a definition of good. Exactly. You know, where, where do we go with the, with the, with the it, good is stuff? Is it hedonism, utilitarianism? Which, which one would Scientology say? Looks like Tim. Tim, do you want to come in on this one? Sure, sure. I'd like to, yeah. Um, in uh, Scientology, we're taught that, uh, that uh, the basic drive that anyone has is to survive the best they can. And um, when you do actions, when you decide what you're going to do, uh, the most sane thing you could do would be something that promotes your survival the most, uh, you know, to the longest degree, the greatest degree, for yourself, for um, your family, for the groups you belong to, and for mankind as general, in general. So anything that a person decides would be based upon that. So if you have somebody who's a pedophile and says, well, it's really good to molest children, uh, that would totally be in conflict with their survival, their family's survival, the groups they belong to, and mankind. So it wouldn't be a good solution. So it would be basically evil or would be an incorrect conclusion on his part or her part. So that's... All right. Any follow-up to that? I, can, I, can I just say something really quick? Yeah, that's the what I mean. Is, when we, I... If, we, if we get back to the good and evil 
problem. It, it has an epistemological problem to that because who is to say that they know what is right and what is wrong? If Scientology does not have any absolute evidence of what is true, what is absolutely right, and what is absolutely wrong, no one can say anything. If it's based on your feelings, you cannot say anything, and it will always evolve in time. It will always change at all times. Well, I think that's part of their their, their thinking is that, yeah, given enough time uh, and having the, the opportunity to do life again, if you believe in reincarnation, you get to do life again, and then eventually do we not get to, to better levels? As people, et cetera? No. Certainly would, yes, certainly would. But just to get back to your question, really, if you discuss any point logically, you can come to uh, what is right or what is wrong for any decision in anything. You just have to look at how it affects your survival. It affects the survival. So it's, it's like, subjective. Seriously, look at so it. So if it gets you in jail, it's not exactly very good. And you have to, you have to use uh, logic on it. You can't just say, well, I, I'm going to decide that you know, getting drunk every night is a good thing. I'm just going to decide that. That doesn't really cut it if you... Um, Look at what is good for your survival, and then you can decide what is good for you and the human race. And that's a simple, simple guideline to say is something good or not good. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But what if, what if, um, like, if we go back to the extreme example of Hitler, you can say, well, he's adopting a Darwinistic view, saying that, well, you know, we need the survival, the, the best fit race. And Nietzschean philosophy, which says that you need the Ubermensch, the Superman, to control the people. So he's like, okay, maybe I put two and two together, get rid of the homosexuals, get rid of the handicapped, get rid of the the blacks, everybody else. And, you know, at one point, eventually we'll reach, like, a utopian society. Like, he had the best intentions in mind. The Nazi regime was brainwashed because of that, because that's what they thought. And you can never argue against something like that. If you're under, uh, like, the Nazi regime, for example, if you're part of it, if you're under the influence, you can't. You can't. How are you going to argue? Because the guy had the best of intentions. No, you okay. you, you raised some good points. We'll let you go because you've raised some good points. You got to clear up a line here. But uh, thanks for calling. And uh, and Yvette, I'll just do another response. Okay, guys. God bless. Thanks, man. Hi. Yeah, thank you, Yvette. With Hitler, he was totally evil. And if you look at his actions, he went against him. Like basically, you don't feel. How can I describe it? He couldn't have felt good about himself. He was nuts. He was insane. He was also a psychiatric patient himself. And uh, psychiatry was, to some degree, behind the creation of Hitler. And uh, Hitler uh, did things against mankind that are so outrageous. I can't even, nobody can say that that is good or that he would even think that would be good. He did it because he had evil intentions. Okay. All right. Um, well, I just want to ask a couple more questions. That we, you know what? We got to have you back again. The time just absolutely flew by. Would I you, would, love would to you be, be open back. to coming I back? I would again? love. Oh, that'd be to great. Be back. Thank you. Um, the, the, here are some things that came out in, in the little bit of research that I did. Uh, can you explain to me the word "interbulate"? Okay. Be- because I looked that up, and it said that L. Ron Hubbard. That was his word. He, right. He came up with that it word. Is. What does that mean? Well, if you look at turbulence... I, sorry, I also saw a video where three Scientologists said, no, L. Ron Hubbard did not come up with that word. So I, I need some facts on this. Well, I don't know if he... If, from what I know, yes, it was a yes. coined word, okay. so to speak, okay. where we take it from... And turbulation means to be... To cause turbulence in someone, to cause upset in that individual. And uh, that's where turbulation comes from. That's what it means. Well, Well, there's other words that describe that, so why a new word? I just, you know, there's part of me that goes, do we not have words to describe that? Yeah, we do. But I think in turbulation, 
it's more precise. Mr. Okay. Hubbard was very precise in his writings, right. and he found... Got that from the Navy. <laughs> very precise. That's yeah. right. What do the names Stacy Brooks and Bob Minton mean? Those names kept coming up in different articles that I was reading. What, 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 what are those Who are they? They're detractors. What, what's a detractor? Someone that was Somebody, in and has no. left and said, na na na. Yeah. Um, I think, from what I know, they were in it more for the money. What? How much could they get? That was their intention, mainly. Right. Rather than, you know, because everybody has the idea that the church, you know, has a deep pocket, you know, so let's see what money we can make, you know. It's because um, she could have at any time um, sorted out her situation without doing what she did. So I'm very familiar with her. And Bob Minton, he's just an idiot. I don't know what to say. He's an idiot. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a few of those in our group as well. So. Yeah, we a, all do. I, usually I'm labeled the one like that. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, um, we've, we've completely run out of time, and there's so many more questions uh, to, to talk. What, you know what I'd like you to do? Uh, next week on our show... Uh, I'm going to be interviewing a guy uh, who's a uh, professor and a researcher and all this kind of stuff and other other uh, alternative religious movements. And I'd like you to I'd like you to maybe listen in next week and and hear what he has to say because I'm not knowledgeable enough and I, and I but I respect this guy. He's not one of those neener 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 people. He he uh, actually teaches some courses on alternative religious movements and uh, religion and philosophy and all that kind of stuff together. Right. And uh, and he he welcomes uh, Scientologists into his class and and yeah. actually has one of them come and talk to his students. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to have him on the show next week and just pull apart a few more things. And if you happen to be listening and you want to you call in and go, you know what, you're absolutely wrong, I would love for that to happen. I would love to do it if that's what the case is. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. All right, folks, uh, that, that has been our uh, Scientology segment, and uh, that's probably one of our goals over the next uh, year, when our fifth season now, is to, to bring people of other uh, belief systems on the show and to hear from them what they really believe and what they don't believe and just clear up some stuff. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, we always welcome your feedback. Short break, and when we come back, we're going to be speaking with our next guest, William P. Young. He's the author of The Shack. This is one of these sleeper books that uh, has come out of nowhere and is rocking people's spiritual lives. Eugene Peterson said this about his book. This book has the potential to do for our generation what John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress did for his. It's that good. Very intriguing. And then we're going to ask you this question. Do you think that a genuine change of sexual orientation is possible? Dr. Stanton Jones is going to come on to our show near the end of it. Um, he's the author of X Gaze, and they have done some uh, really interesting research on this whole thing. So we'll pull that apart one more time on the Drew Marshall Show. Stay with us. Like what you've heard? Listen again online at drewmarshall.ca. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve some.